Alright everybody, Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We are giving our rundowns for NFL team needs heading into the NFL Draft, which is not too far away, nine days. And we are up to the NFC North. Wiz, how are you today? Yeah, doing well. Always excited to talk about the NFC North. My beloved Minnesota Vikings uh, are in that division. And uh, after, um, you know, uh, many years... Uh, of um, of uh, disappointment is a kind of a new excitement around the team with a new coach, new offensive coordinator, new general manager, and uh, we'll see how it plays out for the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, new, new, definitely a new era in Minnesota. We we felt last year that Mike Zimmer kind of worn out that welcome mat, and that uh, what was the case? Spielman gone. So yeah, lots of changes for the Minnesota Vikings. Uh, there is not a change at the quarterback position that uh, Kirk Cousins is coming back. But uh, nonetheless, this is a division that is going to look a little bit different. And, you know, I think uh, as we've talked about a little bit here, that uh, it's maybe a division where there's a little bit of a changing of the guard where uh, I personally think the Detroit Lions are, are, are making strides. The Chicago Bears could could have the worst roster in the NFL, actually. Uh, there is a possibility in that. Uh, so there are changes in the division. Obviously, the Green Bay Packers did be, bring back Aaron Rodgers, but they lost their star wide receiver, uh, Devonta Adams. So so there are changes going on. But, yeah, I, let's let's lead it off with the Bears, uh, Wiz, who, who don't have a lot of draft picks and, and are a really bad football team. Uh, it's not a good combination. Uh, you have to wonder what kind of quarterback Justin Fields is going to be in the NFL. Lots of inconsistency. But this is a team with a miserable offensive line. Somehow Montgomery was able to still be effective at the at the quarterback position. Sorry, at the running back position. And Darnell Mooney uh, actually started to be become a factor in, in fantasy circles. Outside of those two players, though, is this is a team that is just absolutely empty in terms of NFL caliber talent. Yeah, I agree with that. And they have only six picks. They have a pair of second-round picks, a third-round pick, a pair of fifth-round picks, and a sixth-round pick. That's not much draft equity at all. What what makes this an odd match when I when I just look at the team is, so you have a second-year quarterback that you kind of mortgage your next few years to move up to get in Justin Fields. You fire the coach. You bring in Matt Eberflus, a defensive coordinator from the Colts. You bring in Luke Getze from the Packers, who's never called a play. Uh, he was, you know, the quarterback coach uh, with Green Bay. But it's a lot easier to be a quarterback coach when you have Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball than Justin Fields throwing the ball. So the combination of all of it seems odd, where you either want to bring in uh, a terrific, experienced offensive mind or a, a young, innovative guy who's called some plays. Neither of this has taken place here with this team. So, boy, a, a roster that's not talent-laden, not much draft equity, um, not much experience on the offensive side of the ball with helping Justin Fields. I, I'm not quite sure what this is going to look like. I mean, I know they have Ryan Poles as their new general manager brought over from um, Kansas City, you know, to help this organization. But, uh, boy, it just seems like there's a, there's, a, there's a lot to overcome for the Bears to start becoming competitive. 
Yeah, I, I don't know where Bear wins is to, for the NFL for this season. If the, in the team futures, I haven't taken a look at it, but I just don't see this football team winning a lot of games this year. Was yeah, and I agree with that. I mean, I don't really have much to add. You know, you mentioned some of their key players. Montgomery's terrific. Um, Donnell Mooney, you know, was playing well. Looks like he has a good rapport with Justin Fields, but they need some help. And 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 just looking at the draft, they don't have any picks, and they they really got to help Justin Fields out. They must draft offensive line help, um, and and another wide receiver, you know, to help him. So I think with those six picks, um, especially with those two second round picks, they they got to draft a, a good offensive lineman, maybe even a pair of offensive linemen. And, uh, and a wide receiver as well with their third round pick. So that's how I see it. And they just need to do something in this draft to help Justin Fields along and shrub that offensive line a little bit. Yeah, and where there's uh, very little reason to be optimistic with the Bears, was I think that's quite the opposite with the Detroit Lions, um, who, who, you know, we felt looked a lot like the Miami Dolphins of a few years ago uh, when Brian Flores took over in Miami, where you know, they ended up being super competitive week in and week out, despite despite what looked like a, a bit of a compromised roster. And, and I think last year, really significant strides were made on the first-year coach, Dan Campbell. I think there was a, a very different attitude uh, that permeated throughout the season with the Detroit Lions. I think there was a noticeable change as well when uh, Anthony Lynn, who I don't know how he keeps getting offensive line, offensive uh, coordinator type jobs, but he's not a good offensive coordinator um, in any way, shape, or form. But Campbell took over late in the season, and uh, there was a difference on this offense. They they were making a lot of noise. They were super competitive. I think they're improved on on multiple sides of the ball. They've made moves at wide receiver. They have talented at the running back position. They have a star offensive line in the making after last year's draft, uh, up and coming defense. And guess what? They've got five picks in the first hundred below hundred, five picks in the first 97, including number two and number 32. I think if you're a Detroit Lions fan. I, I know Jared Goff is not a long-term answer here. And I don't think in this particular draft that the Lions actually find a solution to what the quarterback position is going to look like in the future here. Uh, but, you know, and they may make a move, you know, later in this draft, perhaps as early as that 32nd pick. But I, I think this is a, this is a place where, where this, they can continue to work on that defense. I don't think they do have to do a tremendous amount on offense, quite frankly, outside a quarterback um, where they may make a move, like I said. But I want to continue to to protect my offensive stars, so maybe an offensive lineman again. Um, but again, defensively is where I think the Lions have to make their uh, mark in this particular draft was. Yeah, I think they had, you know, they had a home run with Penny Sewell uh, with that early pick last year. Uh, they need help at edge, and they're going to resolve that with their number two pick, whether it's Walker or whether it's Hutchinson. Uh, they're going to resolve that. Um, and then they'll they'll do well. I mean, like you said, they have the 32nd pick. They have the 34th pick. So um, a lot of it on the on the defensive side of the football, they'll be able to resolve edge with their number two overall pick. And then after that, I feel secondary uh, 
help is is is, is something that they're looking at as well. And uh, they'll sprinkle in, I think, a wide receiver. I don't know if they'll take a quarterback with one of their picks. I wouldn't be shocked if they did, and I wouldn't be shocked if they didn't. Uh, Jared Goff is still a young guy. I don't know necessarily if they're going to look to him to be the future, but he's certainly someone that could bridge for the next couple of years. So, um that's how I see it for the Lions. But I agree with you. I think there's a there's a lot of reasons to be optimistic about the Lions franchise going in the right direction. Yeah, look, I just think they 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 prove themselves. Right? I didn't even mention the tight end, you know, uh, who was hurt most of last year, like the, uh, uh, Hawkinson. You know, th- this team has talent at the skill positions, right? You look at Hawkinson, you look at Amon St. Brown, what he did last year as a rookie. We both like Swift, although he was dealing with injuries last year. But I think their skill position players are, are quite solid. Was. Yeah, and Williams brought them a lot of a lot of toughness as well at running back. So um, there there is a lot to be optimistic, and I wouldn't be shocked if uh, with one of those um, third round picks, or even maybe their thirty fourth pick, uh, possibly their thirty second pick, but one of those four picks, either the late. Their end of their first round pick, their early second round pick, or a pair of their third round picks. If they if they get another wide receiver, I think that would help. And uh, with the depth and where they're picking at the position, um, you know, I think uh, that's something they'll be able to accomplish. Yeah, the, the one thing that pushes me maybe potentially towards a quarterback and not a receiver. They did. Uh, I know DJ Shark didn't do anything last year, uh, but they did sign him and. As I mentioned, Reynolds did do some stuff, and I, I'm on St. Brown, you know, 90 catches. So they, they may wait a little bit for that particular one. If there's a quarterback that they really, really like, um, you know, maybe they take him with that third pick that they have, maybe with the 34th pick. It, 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 is, it is distinctly possible. Absolutely. We'll, uh, we'll see how that plays out. All right, Wiz. So let's, let, let's go to the Green Bay Packers, uh, who have a lot of picks in this draft, 11 of them. Uh, obviously, they've traded away Devontae Adams, uh, so that's a significant hole that needs to be filled. I think they'll probably draft a couple of receivers in this particular draft. Um, they need offensive line help because that is, is you know, for a quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, uh, not having uh, a stalwart of an offensive line is, is, is something that needs to be addressed. And I think, look, they've lost some star star frontline players uh, on the defensive side of the ball, so they, they're going to need some help on the, those inside positions on the defensive line. So I look at receiver whiz, I look at offensive line, and I look at the at their defensive line as positions where the Packers can get to work. Like I said, 11 picks, including two late in the first round. Uh, so this is a team that will try to address uh, some of its shortcomings in this draft whiz. Yeah, and I think you hit it right on the head. I mean, I, you know, offensive line is probably their third um, need in terms of priority. Defensive line, help Kenny Clark out there in the defensive line. Uh, their secondary is, is terrific. And I'm sure that the Packers organization has is going about things differently this year going into the draft. I'm sure that their executives – General Manager Matt Lafleur and Aaron Rodgers are looking at these wide receivers, and they're getting a lot of input. I'm, I'm, I'm going to almost guarantee they're getting a lot of input from Aaron Rodgers on which wide receiver. Now, Green Bay can is one of the teams, along with Kansas City, that has two first-round picks, the same kind of need. So 
I don't know if they will look to move their two first-round picks and maybe a third or a fourth-round pick and move up to get a receiver that Floor and Rodgers that they absolutely love, or if they're going to stand pat where they are and they're going to take multiple wide receivers in this draft. I guarantee you if they stay pat, one of those first-round picks are going to be wide receiver, and probably one of their second-round picks are going to be wide receiver. So I believe that they're going to do something similar to Kansas City. They're either going to move up and take the guy that they just absolutely feel is above everyone else on the draft board at wide receiver, or they're going to try and take multiple wide receivers, especially Kansas City. I mean, especially uh, Green Bay, because Kansas City at least did some stuff with Juju Smith-Schuster, but Green Bay has a real need. And uh, it's, it's either going to be trading up to get someone that they absolutely love or they're going to take multiple wide receivers in this draft, and then the rest of their picks are going to be, to your point, defensive line, offensive line, but uh, certainly they're going to try and do something to help Aaron Rodgers out a wide receiver in this draft. Yeah, and, and I don't think signing Sammy Watkins does that. Um, we know Lazard is probably more like a complimentary player here. So, yeah, and, and, I, and, and it remains to be seen if Amari Rodgers is, is going to be an NFL talent. Uh, their draft pick from 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 the year before. So uh, yeah, so we'll see what happens. And I agree with you that uh, th- there will be a lot more uh, conversation around the decisions uh, on the personnel side, where Aaron Rodgers will be much more prominently a part of that. Yeah, I think the analogy with Sammy Watkins would be like going to Peter Luger's Steakhouse and them saying, "Well, it's going to take an extra forty minutes for your steak to be prepared." Here's some bread until the state comes out. So I think, you know, that's that's kind of like where I think we both feel the situation is with Sammy Watkins. They're going to address that wide receiver position at the draft. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so so Wiz, the, the Minnesota Vikings, as you mentioned, new coach, uh, again, picking off that uh, growing Sean McVay tree, uh, which, uh, which I guess is good reason now uh, with the fact that uh, – you know, you had you had Taylor uh, in the in the in the Super Bowl against McVeigh. Uh, obviously, some success in in with the LA Chargers as well. So that tree is growing. Uh, o- o- O'Connell is uh, coming into Minnesota. Uh, new GM, as you mentioned, in, in Quezé Adolfo Mensa. So this is a team that is uh, looking to move in a new direction. With so I'm going to let you run with this one because this is your Minnesota Viking team. Yeah, I mean, there's no, if you if you follow the script of what's happened with some of these teams who've had defensive-minded coaches, and then now they've brought an offensive, young, innovative guys, there's a lot of excitement. It's what happened when McVay took over the Rams and LaFleur with Green Bay and the real excitement about Miami now and the real excitement with the Chargers and the real excitement with the Vikings. And Kevin O'Connell... Um, brings that. And uh, what's interesting um, is their offensive coordinator is Wes Phillips, the grandson of Bum Phillips and the son of Wade Phillips. And those guys were both kind of like defensive minded coaches, but uh, Wes Phillips uh, was had a lot to do with the passing game strategies of the Rams, especially um, these last couple of seasons was the tight end coach. And uh, there's a lot of optimism about the Vikings. And uh, looking at their draft capital, a first-round pick, a second-round pick, a third-round pick, a fifth-round pick, 
three six-round picks and a seventh-round pick. So they, it's clear they need help. They, they're secondary. I mean, I remember you saying oh. that part of the reason why you love Justin Jefferson so much uh, is the Vikings are always in these kind of games. Yeah. Their defense can't stop anybody, and they need to address that. I believe they're going to take multiple quarterbacks with their draft picks, including their 12th overall pick. But I believe the defensive side of the football, I mean, they have eight picks. I would make the under and over of six and a half on defensive side football players for this uh, draft for the Vikings. But cornerback and linebacker are two positions that they they must address. And uh, they're going to draft multiple players at those positions. Yeah, I think I think you're right. And you know, it's interesting. Was I have seen a few. I know I know you love Kyle Hamilton as a player, but he has definitely slipped in a few of these mock drafts uh, to the point where I've actually seen him go somewhere between ten and fifteen in a few of them. And you know, you want you wonder if he gets down to the Vikings if that's a possibility at number twelve. Well, one, I think the Vikings are going to just get. Uh, pimpled for um, for him because I think the commanders are going to take him with the 11th pick. Um, but even if he is available, I just think a player like McDuffie, and I know the Vikings are hoping Stingley falls to 12, but I don't think he will. But I think they'll they'll take the uh, McDuffie from Washington because uh, they just they can't stop anybody. And cornerback uh, is a is a position that they desperately need. Yeah. As much as I love Kyle Hamilton, and I do love Kyle Hamilton, but I think for the Vikings, McDuffie or Stingley is what they are hoping for with 12, and uh, they won't just stop there. They're gonna they're gonna take multiple players at the cornerback position because. They couldn't stop a nosebleed last year. No, they could not. And, and Stingley's an interesting player too, right? Stingley is an, another player that's, you know, you see him go in some of these mock drafts as high as like 7-8, but in other drafts he slips down to 15. So, so yeah, a talented player, but it, kind of like a mixed reviews on him so far. I, I think you could see the first round going in a lot of different directions this year. It was a very, very hard draft to mock, I, I, I would say. Yeah, I mean, I've done my mock and I have – right up to the Vikings pick at 12, and then I, I, I'm halted at 12 because I really feel 13 is the sweet spot with the Texans who really could use multiple draft picks and a team like Green Bay or Kansas City at such a ripe spot to try and move up to to get uh, maybe a receiver, uh, you know, picking ahead of the teams that I feel are going to pick wide receiver in the middle of that first round. So we'll see how it plays out. But to your point, I, I agree. And this is going to be fun and exciting. And uh, once the draft happens, you know, I know you and I really start focusing and thinking about the upcoming season way ahead of a lot of people who don't start thinking about football until really August. And uh, they wonder why they're always uh, looking up in the standings during the football season. <laughs> This is true, Wiz. This is very true. All right. Well, that's going to wrap it up for the NFC North Guru and Wiz Fantasy Football Podcast. We're on Spotify. We're on Apple Podcasts. We're on SoundCloud. Uh, We will complete in our next couple of podcasts the NFC uh, needs. We'll go to the NFC South, which is an ever-changing division, and wrap it up with uh, what could be one of the best divisions in football still in, in in the NFC West. So uh, that's a wrap, Wiz. Well done as usual, and uh, we'll talk later in the week. Thanks a lot.